Today in the podcast, we will be discussing boundaries. Mm. Namely, why are boundaries important hmm. for the health of your marriage? How do we establish them? What motivates us or what should motivate us to create uh, and maintain these boundaries? And finally, we hope to define or at least identify three tangible areas that we think every marriage absolutely needs boundaries in. All right, so that's what we're covering in today's podcast. Selena is here, even though you haven't heard her voice yet. I did a little bit. And we will, <laughs> we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. I think they heard me agreeing on the front side. I think I go, so. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. banking on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Just, just, just We've we just come back. We just came back. Excuse me from a very exciting week. Yeah. So we recorded two episodes and had them scheduled so that we could go on a trip Hello. for our anniversary and we're recording this the week after our 15th anniversary mm-hmm. and so we just went to a local there's a lake near our where we live <laughs> it's five there's, hours there's, away <laughs> it's in the state with, with within which we live <laughs> I'm way, way more articulate <laughs> it's called lake chelan it's about a 50 mile long lake yeah and we Stay deep. in a cabin. Very deep it's lake, very by deep the way, lake. about 1,500 feet deep. Yes. And we stay in a cabin uh, with some other, two other families. And one of the families knows the owners of the cabin. So we get to kind of stay there for a, a discounted rate. It's for way the week. out of our normal yes. means. Yes. Uh, just because it's literally on a lake. Anyway, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. We did some cliff jumping. We did some wake, a lot of swimming. Wakeboarding. Selena, you wakeboarded like a fiend. Yeah, I love it. Good job. It was a pre, pre-kid. You did like we how, did that as teenagers how many flips together. Did you do? I did not do any flips. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good times for sure. And the kids were outside playing. They all had friends for like a week. It was really great. Yes, we ha- it was it was good for our souls. Yeah, we were un- very good for our souls. We were unplugged because there was no internet there. Yeah, I need that because if there is access to the internet or my mm. phone, I'm going to check something. Oh man! And this way, I actually got a lot of reading done. Speaking awesome. of, we're going to do our, our uh, heart check today, yeah. so we'll, that's, we'll segue into that. Okay. What book is in your hand? <clears throat> um, well, while I was away, my pre-order came in um, by Jackie Hill Perry, Gay Girl, Good God. I'm hearing oh, nothing but amazing man. things about this about it, this book, about Jackie Hill Perry herself. She's amazing. God in her. I do want to say this before you talk about the book. She, I, I'm a trip-hop fan. I, I really like <laughs> trip-hop, and at least the kind of, that's what I consider it. It's like... It's rap, but it's kind of slower mm-hmm. and more like chill. Mm-hmm. It's like something you'd listen to in like a really hip, like boutique fashion yes. store. Yes. <laughs> and she has this amazing mm-hmm. music that she does. Anyway, I love that about her, but now she's come out with this book. Tell me about it. Yes. So she is a writer, poet, and artist. Um, her work's been featured in the Washington Times, Desiring God, 700 Club, Gospel Coalition, all that kind of stuff. She's a big deal. She's kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, but... You're going to go see her in the conference next month. Yes, next, no, November. November. Yeah, going to the Abundance Conference there. But she, um, the title is Gay Girl, Good God, the story of who I was and who God has always been. Um, So, I mean, I'm just right out of the gate. It's just blowing my mind. Nancy DeMoss-Wolgemith. 
um, it wrote the foreword, and she is a beast as well. Um, there's just so many themes in this book so far, and God is just like teaching me a ton um, because I want to know how to love people that struggle with homosexuality or that yeah. deal with homosexuality. I know we don't talk about that really at all in our podcast. Right, right. So this is this book is incredibly timely and we are not we're not asked to promote this book at all this is a personal i've seen it on instagram and i've seen other people yeah but i gladly promote it and i have listened to many interviews that she's done and it really is just amazing and one little segment in just her intro she said um in writing this book i did it as myself meaning i am as honest as i know how to be i have never been one for pretense when, as a new Christian, I was introduced to the typical nature in which some Christians speak of their lives in the loveliest terms, I refused to give in to the convenient misery of being ambiguous about the truth. If the truth is what sets us free, mm. then why not walk in it at all times? With wisdom and love, of course, but also with the reality that the truth is where freedom begins. And That's so good. So Actually, huge. I, on that note, to the quote by John Stott that I heard uh, the other day, it was like, we, we need truth to strengthen our love and we mm-hmm. need love to soften our truth. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I improvised on that quote. It's basically, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so she's, she's equipping pe- the church as well to how can we love people that we know that deal with us in our own yeah. lives and that kind of thing. So it's a huge timely book and I'm super excited to just breeze through mm. it because it's already, it's been so good and I just, I can't even put it down. It's so fast. It's such a good read. Plus she's a lyricist <clears throat> because of I her artisticness yep. and, and that, she is such a, She's a wordsmith. Yes. Yes. And I appreciate very good with words. I love that. This book is a good, I don't know. I love just reading things that are sort of outside of our stream a little bit. Not so much, but I want to hear perspectives. I want to be sharpened by things, by other voices. That's great. So that's really great. Speaking of books that are outside of our stream of what our normal reading (laughs) is, I'm reading a book that is, it was a popular book. It's a fiction book. What's it called? Ready Player One. Hmm. So I like, I don't know if I like that genre or not, The like post-apocalyptic, like teen, whatever. I was just like, you know, I just want a book that's going to be really fun to read mm-hmm. at the lake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've probably burned through about 500 pages yeah. in a week mm-hmm. on that book. So it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. I'm getting to the really exciting <clears throat> part where I want to stay up late reading it. And, <laughs> and uh, so that's that's been a lot of fun. However, I'm ready to dive into another kind of more meaty book. And I'm, I've just got uh, Basic Christianity by John Stott. I'm looking at it right now, and it's it looks to be a good a it's good awesome. read. Just very foundational. It talks about if Jesus, if Jesus, one of the quotes in there is if Jesus is not who he says he is, Christianity explodes. Mm. <laughs> if he's not the Son of God, Christianity explodes. Mm. And I love that because in our culture, speaking of cultural relativism and mm-hmm. cultural uh, moral therapeutic deism, mm-hmm. right? Relative uh, ethics. Mm-hmm. Uh, people tend to say, well, Jesus was a good man, but he's not God. Well, there's no such thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, C.S. Lewis was credited with this Lord lunatic liar. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, he, post- he, he he talked about, he's either Lord, he's either a lunatic, or he's a liar. He can't be mm-hmm. either, he can't be anything other than those three things. Mm-hmm. Because if he's, if he's not the son of God, he's crazy or he's evil and right. he's lying. Right. Anyway, so this, this book's supposed to, it's supposed to tackle that. Now, nice. quickly... 
what voices in your ear, what voices in my ear. Also, I'll go first. I've been listening to a lot of John Piper. Yeah. I think you're listening to a lot of John Piper as well. And of course, Journey Women, just her interviews. And uh, I've honestly just been following Jackie Hill Perry's interviews as well on different podcasts, just hearing her speak the same things, but differently and with different audiences. It's just great. Really great to hear. Awesome. Yeah. I, what's been stirring in my heart is a lot of, it's a function of listening to a lot of John Piper, but really just asking God to stir my affections for him so that he would be my primary desire. When we, mm. when we think of Psalm, uh, what is it? Psalm 73. Yeah. 73, 26. Whom have I in heaven, but mm. you, there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Mm. Like, I want that to be mm-hmm. the refrain of my heart. Over and over again, who do whom have I in heaven? Nothing on earth I desire besides you. And my heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. What does it mean to have God be my mm. portion? And so I, I did another one of my Be Believe days two days ago. Went up to um, about two an hour away and just had some food and prayed the whole way there. And the whole time I'm just praying, God, make this mm. the cry of my heart. Just make me hungry for you. Make my mind mm-hmm hungry and like a sponge to to know your word mm-hmm. to know you to and to communicate that well to know you and to make you known so good. to others so. so good no and i've been seeing the fruit of it for sure um you know just interacting with you and just seeing god at work in you is so inspiring and assuring and builds my faith as well so today's discussion why are boundaries so important Proverbs twenty five twenty eight: a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Mm. As a kid, I read that verse and I thought, okay, this is great. This is going to help me to not look at dirty pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Just being honest. Because yeah. my youth pastor told me that and we all talked about like, hey, as, you know, as, you know, young men, you need to fight lust and fight all these different things that young men deal with and, well, men deal with. I was like, good, great. I need to have self-control. I need to pull myself up by my bootstraps and I need to work harder because if I don't, I am, uh, I will be broken into and if I'm left without walls. Mm. Right. So that was one application. However, I want to take this principle and kind of take it back a little bit further and look more at kind of the heart of scripture that's Mm -hmm. communicated very clearly in this passage. So a theme throughout Proverbs is it's all about boundaries, Right line dividing lines and edges and limits between this and that between like a dividing line is the difference between wisdom and folly the difference mm-hmm. between uh health mm. and death life and death mm-hmm. the difference between laziness and diligence mm-hmm. godliness and wickedness mm-hmm. a- almost every proverb we read is going to have some sense because that's the nature of the book right, right. the wisdom passages right it's going to have some it's going to make a, a dichotomy sort of, yeah Right. And so these, this proverb, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. It's talking about historically literal walls or it's re- referencing that the people who read that in the day would have understood walls as a very important defensive mm-hmm. luxury. Right. We see walls and gates and we go to castle walls and they're tourist activities. Right. right. We, oh, wow. Look how old these stones are. Look at all this moss. Right. Right. It, but we take for granted modern society. We have police. We have laws that are enforced. Mm-hmm. So we don't live with walls here. So we don't see the full extent of it now uh, in, in our city in particular. But imagine if there were like raiders all over. And mm-hmm. it was like we didn't know if at night someone was going to come and try to just mm-hmm. pillage. Mm-hmm. 
and take our stuff or, mm-hmm. or worse or hurt us. Mm-hmm. So anyway, a city without walls back then would have been destined for ruin. It would have been, uh, it would have been, you wouldn't have wanted to live there. It would right. have been, you would have been afraid all the time and in danger yeah. all the time. So basically boundaries and Selena, you can jump in at any point, but the point I'm getting at is boundaries exist for a purpose and they're biblical. And that's just the way things work. Mm-hmm. Boundaries exist for at least two reasons to keep good things in mm-hmm. and to keep bad things out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now in terms of your marriage, mm-hmm. the biggest boundary we have is our covenant, right? And so that's kind of the, the covenant's been on my heart a lot lately. We, and I we talked about this as we were prepping the, for the show here, is that I just, I love how big of an idea it is that we can, I feel like for, we take covenant for granted so often. Mm-hmm. And a lot of younger couples, they get married, they get married, they, they love each other, they're committed, but they don't even really understand why marriage is so important, why it's so powerful, and why covenant is so foundational. Well, I don't necessarily think maybe we all take it for granted. I think part of us just doesn't understand the depth and the breadth of what covenant means. And I think the more we sure. study it, the more it opens our hearts and our eyes and our ears and our souls. Because, you know, when we, you and I got married, we didn't understand what covenant meant. Like, not truly. Not yeah. truly. And I think part of it is, I, I sometimes I feel like, you know, it's like you don't know what parenting is going to be like until you have a kid. So you don't really understand and experience covenant until you're married. And it's kind of a gift in a lot of ways. Um, well, right. Until you've had to actually sit in right. it and, and put your weight in it. Right. They say, you know, you can point at a chair and say, that's a strong chair, but you don't actually believe that until you sit in the chair. Right. And you, right. Hold, it holds you. Right? right. Right. So covenant's kind of like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so how do we understand covenant before we go further? We want to get into the specific three boundaries, but first, I mean, covenant, we, we do have a, a past podcast episode. We talked about why this is so much more important mm-hmm. and why it's important to understand it. But essentially, how do we understand covenant and where uh, does, does that understanding drive us? Uh, we understand covenant by looking at its at God's covenantal character through his covenants in the Bible. Right, so we see, and the, there's a big theology of this that we looked at in our book called "Fierce Marriage." We did a whole chapter on it, mm-hmm. and then actually about thirty pages in the appendix as well. We're all d- devoted to looking at the various covenants in the Bible and mm-hmm. drawing uh, common threads through those. Mm-hmm. I, I nerded out a little bit when I wrote that, and the publisher was was. Baker was nice enough to let us put it in the back of the book because <laughs> it wasn't ever going to make it into a, a main chapter. Uh, but what I'm getting at is there is this beautiful picture of a, a God who loves his people and his commitment is so fierce and so uh, fast mm-hmm. and unshakable to his people. And his covenantal character is what is driving that. And over and over again, we see them forsake their covenant to him, mm-hmm. their end of the covenant. And God says, you know, he, he will correct them and there's various modes of covenant, right? There's mm-hmm. conditional and unconditional and there's different contexts and things, but we see him saying to them, uh, I, I will bring you back close basically. And I, and I'll bring you back to me. I will be your God and you will be my people. Mm-hmm. So anyway, covenant's a big, important thing. And that's by, by far the most important boundary in a marriage. I want to, that, that's the underlying boundary that, that we're resting in as mm-hmm. we talk about these three more tangible things to, uh, or tangible boundaries. Mm-hmm. Is that sounds pretty good. I can go a little too far sometimes. I'm, <laughs> I'm gauging off a of year. No, I'm trying to wait and understand, you know, where you're going with it. And I agree. <laughs> no one knows. I don't even know. Sometimes I just start a sentence and who knows what's going to happen. Scott. 
No, I think it's important to understand that, of course, that, you know, our covenant really establishes our boundaries. It really fuels those boundaries. Um, and it helps us understand um, the need and the importance of the boundaries. And um, it gives and us I, context. It gives us absolute context. Because when we see, I'm interrupting, I'm sorry. It's okay. But when we see the covenantal character of God and we mm-hmm. see what his purpose is in having us live out a covenant and love each other in that mm-hmm. same way, we begin to understand what it means to be loved by a covenantal God, what mm-hmm. it cost him. Right. And we can be glorified. We, we can glorify in him. We can glorify him through our marriage. He can, his love can be more clearly made more clearly known to us. Right. And the few other things that I'm not thinking of right now, but they're in the book. <laughs> so get the book. <laughs> no, and I think it's important as well to understand, you know, the the boundaries, like we said, they keep good things in and bad things out. And the good things that are inside are allowed to grow and thrive and flourish. And we're not, I think sometimes we look at God as having all these rules. And, mm-hmm. you know, when he made covenants with people, he was these are promises like you do this and I'll do that. I mean, this old Testament, um, kind of thing. And so, um, I think it's important for us to understand that he has these boundaries in place for us. He has, um, these rules in place, these, you know, the 10 commandments, he has, um, this way of living for us in the Bible. There's these, it's authoritative and instructive and not to diminish our fun, but to, help us to really grow and thrive and deepen our roots in the things of him. And to increase our joy. Right. And when we are living out of what he's done for us and our roots are going deeper, um, it gives us clarity to be able to establish what, which is our next point of, of what boundaries do we need in our marriage and why, what motivates us or should motivate us to create those boundaries um, and maintain them. There is an amount, there is a certain amount of discipline that, you need to maintain yes. these boundaries um, bec- and not because of any legalistic reason, right. but because you value the covenant that you've been given. You value yeah. each other and the relationship. And your value, you value what God says about Absolutely. marriage and what he, and who he is covenantally and what he says about covenant. Mm-hmm. Right. So we answer, we ask these questions, why are boundaries important? Mm-hmm. Hopefully we've made that point. Hopefully we've, we've made the case for that. <laughs> uh, how do we establish them? I think that's what you're brushing on yeah. is that how do we, okay. So what motivates us or should motivate us to create and maintain these boundaries? So at, at our core, mm-hmm. The gospel is the answer. And I know that sounds like a Christian pat answer, but here's, here's what I mean by that. Is that we, it, yeah. we have been saved by grace through Christ. Mm-hmm. And that is news that blows all other news out of the water. Mm-hmm. And so until we really understand the depth of the gospel, the rest of this will always feel like we're striving. Mm-hmm. But the reason why it's worth it, and I, I want to read out of, uh, out of Second Peter. I love this because this verse always comes to mind and it's second Peter chapter one, verse three says his divine power has create has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to, granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Okay. that So, <laughs> They love those run-on sentences <laughs> in the epistles. Uh, and, but anyway, so 
the the revelation of knowing Jesus and and being given all that we need for for life and godliness mm-hmm. has something that accompanies it, right? Right. So our the gospel does not just end with our salvation. Right? The gospel is so much bigger and so much better than that. Yes, our salvation is good news, but did you know that you do not have to be slave to sin mm-hmm. and foolishness here in this life? Mm-hmm. You don't have to live with your old self like your your mind is being renewed mm. and so that has a very tangible reality that means living in wisdom and doing things that that we're instructed to do from a place of obedience a right. glad of a glad obedience so right. i want to say this really quick Salva- so the gospel is is threefold right it's, the gospel is uh salvation sanctification and glorification right mm. so sa- Salvation is I'm saved. I'm positionally righteous before God because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is done. That's not going to change. Nothing can steal me away from, from God or change that reality. Second, I'm, that's the power of sanctification. Mm. So in this life, I'm not slave to sin. Glorification, it will be made whole again mm. at one point. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're getting at. So what we're talking about here with boundaries, what fuels us, and I'll let Selena go no, after this, is that we... What fuels us is knowing that we are saved and right before God, and now we are called to live out that life and live out of that abundant life in a way that glorifies him most. And that's what Peter is talking about here toward the end of this. He says he wants to keep us from being ineffectual and Mm -hmm. unfruitful. Therefore, add to your faith virtue, add to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, and steadfastness, godliness, brotherly love. And brotherly affection and love. So mm-hmm. there's some actions that go along with this revelation of, of being saved. Absolutely. So. There, and I think that's where we, what you're saying as far as like, how do we establish those boundaries is when we, <laughs> when we are adding to our faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, mm-hmm. steadfastness. So like we're able to be more self-controlled, and steadfast as God is producing mm-hmm. that, you know, within us. And we're able to really grab a hold of his truth and he is manifesting it in yeah. our hearts as well. Um, and the last part, I don't think you said this, but you said, verse eight says, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten mm. that he was cleansed from his former sins. That stings. It stings, <laughs> yes, in such a good way. And so, again, boundaries are here to help us in our marriage to be able to live with our eyes open, to not be blind, to yeah. be self-controlled, to live in godliness and intentionality and having these qualities increase all the time. So I think you can kind of see the picture that's being painted here. We're not. I'm not just... We're not just setting boundaries of like, you can't be on your phone after like 10 p.m. at night or something um, like that. That could be one of that them. That could but, be one of them. Yeah. But it, again, it's the motivation behind the heart of why you're yes. establishing these types of boundaries with each other, not not towards each because other. Because we're adding to our faith, Absolutely. virtue, self-control, Absolutely. knowledge, if I, steadfastness. If I love you and I know you fully and I know that you struggle in a certain area, I want to come alongside you as your wife and I want to say, how can we create a boundary that will help you. Mm-hmm. How can I create a boundary that will protect you and ultimately yeah. protect our covenant and therefore honor God with that I boundary? Just, I just love this. This this verse blows my mind because the second Peter. He, yeah, because he's saying that 
in light of this salvation that you re- you've received, you've been made a co-heir with Christ. He doesn't yeah. use those words, but that's, that's, that's the same theme. He says, in light of it, add to your faith, not for salvation, but add to your faith for what? Add to your faith. Yeah. Add to your faith, knowledge, uh, self-control, all those things for what? So that you will, it'll keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful yes. in the knowledge that you've received in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what we're talking about in our marriage. Like right. if you're listening to this, you're a Christian, probably a Christian person, or you're a professed believer in Christ. So that's the struggle now right. is how do right. I keep from being ineffective and unfruitful and that's where these boundaries are coming from. Right, right. So I think we're going to jump into the tangible, the three tangible areas that we think every marriage needs. And again, they, you can probably add to this There's list tremendously. Three, sure. yeah. um, but just to kind of get you thinking along the, the lines of boundaries, you know, we talked about why they're important. How can we establish them? Like the motivation behind you know, writing out and creating these this list of boundaries. Um, and then three tangible rare boundaries, I guess that we, (laughs) I'm struggling over here, but three boundaries that we have valued and we use to protect our marriage. Um, so the first one is the time boundary. Do you want to go through the first, the three and then we unpack them a little bit? Yeah. Three tangible boundaries that we believe every couple needs. Number one, the time boundary. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that in a second. Number two, the reconciliation boundary. Mm -hmm. Number three, the integrity slash transparency boundary. Mm -hmm. Or just the transparency boundary. Yeah. Okay. So you can start to imagine what those mean. Right. Time is really one of the most precious things that you have as a person. Mm -hmm. Therefore, as a married couple, your time is precious. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important. The Bible teaches us. He see the the I think it's a psalmist or the uh, it's in a proverb where he says, "Teach me to count my days that I might gain." Ninety twelve. Yeah, thank Psalm you. 90 Psalm ninety twelve that I might teach me to count my days that I might gain a heart of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Right? See how that's cause and effect. Right. Know that time is finite. Know that your life is limited. Mm-hmm. So don't make foolish decisions in light of that. So right. there's as an adult, you start to get so many good things happening, especially with kids. Like you could put them in all these different programs. You could spend all this time. Well, even if you don't have kids, there's a lot of great ways you want mm-hmm. to maybe serve or you want to be a part of your community and your marriage might be falling to the wayside or your relationship is kind of not at the forefront mm-hmm. or not in the right. Mm-hmm. So that you can see that the time boundary is kind of a time and priorities boundary. It's time and priorities. And there's, so there's good things that will occupy your time. There's also just distracting things that are good, maybe in the moment, but not good long term right. things like watching Netflix for, right. t- for seven hours. A night. <laughs> How did I do that every night? Or, <laughs> or, or surfing whatever website right. you're into right. or peruse. Now don't get mad, but look like just incessantly checking the news and keeping up on the latest happenings that right. don't really really affect you in a way that's going to make you fruitful. So it's one thing to hear about, you know, uh, I think it's good a piece to... of news that's entertaining. Mm-hmm. So I always think of Florida man, right? Florida man, uh, tried to take his alligator through the drive through <laughs> and she bit and the alligator bit the lady's hand off, right? That kind of stuff will happen and be like, Oh, that's really entertaining news. Like it's news. I need to keep up on it. No, it's, it's silly. Right. right? Yeah. It's, it's, I'm tra- it's tragic that her hand got bit off. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that, we can we we can spend our lives distracted. Right. We, need, we need to ask ourselves like we have a very finite number of hours in a day. Right. How can I use those to be f- effective and fruitful with the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. So, with that said, we're not going to be too prescriptive. We're just trying to describe 
what what the considerations should look mm-hmm. like, what that might look like for you. What does it look like for us? Well, and a lot of times that falls under for us, you know, again, talking about time and priorities, um, our family vision, and you've heard us talk about this as well, and stewardship of our time. Um, these are all humongous themes, I feel like, that are all interconnected and have touch yeah. points. So if, you know, talking about stewarding our time well, steward, you know, discipling each other, are we doing that? Are we spending time a in the word and b talking about it mm. with each other and sharing about it with each other and do our kids you know kind of starting from the inside out then do our kids are they feeling like they're not getting enough mm-hmm. time and attention from us are we living distractedly instead of intentionally because right. we have no boundaries on our time we have no wisdom or idea of yeah. finiteness i guess is the word um, right. We, we're superhuman because I can look up in a moment's notice. I can look up any piece of knowledge that right. you need to know. It's right? interesting. So we tend to think that yeah. we can live superhuman in other ways. It's, yeah. I don't need to, I don't have limits on my time. I can, I can fit it all in. Right. And why do you, so you wonder why you spend 12 hours at the office every day. <laughs> right. Because you're overcommitted. Right. right. Or why you, you don't feel relaxed or anything like that. So there's a phrase that I said to you a couple, like a week ago that has like gotten in your, and it's, it's very uncomfortable to say it and to hear it, but I think it's true. And it's John Piper. And he said, if so you, don't kill the messenger. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. <laughs> go take it up with Piper. If you've got a problem with this, take it up with him. Uh, but he said, he said, if, if you have time to eat breakfast in the morning, you have time to read God's word. That's what it is. I messed that one up at a small group last night. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. <laughs> and what he means by that is if he skips, if, if he, He's not eating breakfast if he hasn't read God's word is what he's, he's saying. Like if yes. something's going to give, food will give every time. Mm. And because he needs God's word even more, we need God's word so even more good. than we need food. So good. I also heard him say, I believe it was him, that he lets the lets what he's read in the morning, um, he lets the day be a commentary kind of for what he's mm-hmm. read. So he will kind of look back at his day and be like, how did... What I re- what I read in the Bible, how is that yeah. played out in the day and recognizing mm-hmm. God in those moments? So you know, time. So is, tangibly for us. Yeah. So let's let's just get real tangible. How does how do you create time boundaries? Okay, a few things that are non negotiable for us are you know God's word. Mm-hmm. We need to spend time in God's word every day. That has varying degrees. Okay, yep. figure out what that means for you. Yeah, we I I think there's there's three modes to read God's word in. You, you memorize scripture, you read it for volume, so you can get the ideas and the big ideas in your heart, and then you read it, you study right. uh, smaller passages. Uh, and there's different modes of each. Go ahead. Um, one for us too is we have a date night, and that is a boundary that we or a date day once a week, mm-hmm. and that is non-negotiable as mm-hmm. much as possible, unless kids yeah. are just everything's blowing up. You know, there's just some non-negotiable. It's so important to be able to connect and have that intentional time mm-hmm. with each other. Another one would be, we're not very good at this, but turning off devices and leaving them off to the side. We do it at times. Uh, we could I'm be not, better. Yeah, we could be better Yeah, uh, because I'm addicted. I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are covering in another episode uh, going over. Phone addiction. A, a yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, number two, the reconciliation boundary, just kind of rounding this out. So, I think it's important, you know, we talk about in our book how to fight well. Um, you can have, ar- you are going to have arguments and fights mm. and there's going to be tension. Um, our ultimate goal that we are constantly preaching is reconciliation, not just being right, but reconciling um, mm. and coming to an agreement on where you need to be. Uh, venting anger to those out. That, so, sorry, to back it up. 
it's important that you, when you have those divisions and those kind of fights, um, that you're not, uh, there's boundaries on those. So I'm not just going to go, if you and I are fighting, I'm not just going to go to a friend and badmouth you behind everyone. Yeah. Well, again, the covenant undergirds this, right? right. So remember, you, there's a saying, don't, and it's, it's kind of crude, but don't, don't poop where you sleep. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's the PG version. It's, I'm sorry. That's yeah, the one. Yeah. But like you have to live with each other. Right. Right. So if, if you're not thinking in terms of reconciliation and mm-hmm. your covenant, that covenantal boundary. Absolutely. Yep. Like, so there are rules of engagement. Yes. The first boundary is like, if we're going to reconcile, I'm not going to call you names right. that are degrading. Which is or... one of our rules that we don't mm-hmm. call each other degrading names. Yes. We try not to. <laughs> Speaking for myself. Speaking for myself. <laughs> I can be transparent here. I think yeah. most people know that I'm a little feisty, so. You're salty. That's the word. Salty. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't, we, I, I don't, I'll never call you the B word or anything degrading like that because right. it's like, you're my wife. You're the daughter. You're the a daughter of God. He's allowed me to know you. So right. anyway, there's a lot that goes into that. We don't use absolute statements as much as we can. <laughs> Again, I'm laughing because you use those a lot. Well, you don't you like always them. use those. <laughs> always and forever. You use those. Because you like them. That's why. Low blows. Right. Like, hey, you're, you're, you're just like your like... mother. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like your father or bringing up things in the past. That have already been laid to rest. That have been laid to rest yep. and been reconciled. Yep. So Cheap shots. there are rules of engagement yes. knowing that you've got this covenant to live in and the boundaries around reconciliation are right. we exist. Any, any argument we have is to will have to be reconciled in a godly way. Go ahead. And to round out this point, when and if you do either vent to somebody outside of your marriage or you blow up at each other and there's just a bunch of carnage that has happened, you need to get together and repent sooner rather than later. You need to repent mm-hmm. to each other. You need to say, I am own, own the sin. I'm yeah. sorry for what I did. This, I know this was uncalled for and it made you feel like this. Um, an apology is not a justification of what you've done. This is me learning this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry you're so... I'm sorry that you make me want to hurt you, <laughs> saying mean things to you, not hurt you. I'm sorry but... <laughs> that you made me say those things. <laughs> that is not an apology. <laughs> Come back to each other, reconcile, repent, and forgive each other. Own the sin. Don't laugh. This is serious I'm la- stuff. I'm laughing because so many times your first apology is that it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry that you're such a... Because you're I'm so not ready right to apologize, obviously. <laughs> Anyways, so when and if those things happen, kind of go back to those boundaries, apologize, forgive, repent, own the sin, make up and move on. So getting into the third boundary, uh, we're just going to call this the transparency boundary because I feel like that's kind of a a hot buzzword within marriage. Um, So I guess I liked in Jackie Hill Perry's book when I read about how starting with truth, like starting with truth from the beginning and truth is what sets you free. And that's where we need to begin. And so transparency is demanding truth. Basically. I feel like, um, demanding truth from yourself and truth from each other. Yes. And in the name of love. Right. right? Because if I can't know you, I can't love you as fully. Right. 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 And that's why the important there, it's so important to be transparent with each other, especially, I mean, tangibly speaking, especially when it comes to things like social media and who we're talking to on social media. We mm-hmm. have a rule that I don't talk to anybody of the opposite sex unless mm-hmm. you are within the group of people 
even our closest of friends, if we have a text going, I don't just text the husband of someone else without Ryan being involved. There's just, that just doesn't happen. Oh, there's no need. There's no need. Unless no. there's a surprise, but then you can include his wife. Right. Absolutely. Right. There's always a third party of yes, my gender. Yes, one-on-one yes. opposite sex. Yes. Um, what's another way that this can be, the well, transparency boundary is tangibly well, implemented into it. our marriage. Um we talk, I mean, we talk about being each other's accountability partners, um, not just, you know, sexually or with pornography or viewing things on the internet. Um, but for me, like, how am I, how am I stewarding our finances or stewarding my time even? And how is, and I love this one, Josh Breffel, a good friend of ours, he, he, he told me this. He said, accountability is how is the gospel actually bearing weight mm-hmm. in your life, mm-hmm. this truth? That you are san- that you are saved, being sanctified, and headed for glorification, right? Mm. So, given that, how is that actually changing you? How is it informing what you do? Mm. Yes, your behavior. Are you sinning? Are you living in unrepentant, active right. sin? Right. That's part of it. But are you living like what Peter said? Are you living effectively, mm. fruitfully? Are you allowing in the light gospel? Of the knowledge yep. that you yep. received. Yeah. And so. As spouses, you have this opportunity to hold each other to that standard in a way that is so loving and mm-hmm. so transparent. Mm-hmm. And a lot of couples forget that, that mm-hmm. that's, that's in their arsenal and perhaps one of the more powerful tools they have mm-hmm. for their own sanctification, for the joy of their marriage and for the glory of God. Right. It's just one special area within that covenant that you are able mm-hmm. to be fully known and completely loved. A, because you're in the covenant. B, because God allowed us to like yeah. be a to create those covenants with each other. And I have, I want to share a little story. I have a friend, you know, who I'm talking about who is, uh, I I love him so much. I want to love him so much. I want to have close relationship with him, but he Mm -hmm. just will not be honest with me. Mm. And I know he's lying. Mm -hmm. He's got some addiction problems and things. Mm -hmm. And I, I want, I want to bring him close. I want to, to help him. I want to hold him close, so to speak. Mm -hmm. in, on every a level. very tangible hug, yeah, on every level. but also just to know him. But I can't, like, if I don't right. trust you, if I don't know you, if I don't trust that you're being truthful with me, mm-hmm. how can I love you well? Mm. I can't. Transparency is, is the only way to get there. Right. Which is interesting because fear can hold us in that, right? Fear can keep your friend from wanting to be honest. Mm-hmm. Fear. And God said, he mm. specifically said, I've not given you a spirit of fear. Right. You know, of but of love and power and a sound mind. And he who is in me is greater than he in the world. Yes. Now, what does that mean? We have the Holy Spirit indwelling yes. in us. Yes. God himself, he is greater. And not only that, but he stands, Jesus stands in our stead. Mm-hmm. And, and as our, like, mediator. we get to, we get he's to our, yeah, he's our mediator. He, we get to take on his holiness. Yes. And so... So when God sees us, he sees the righteousness of Christ and he doesn't right. see our sin and our brokenness. He sees Jesus. And so the fear, the fear is irrational. Right. right at that right. point. So and God works through us to get us to yes, that point. Yes. He's yes. so and faithful. And that is sanctification is <laughs> right. getting to that understanding. Right. Not that we've gotten there. No. It's easy to say those Every words. Every day we are getting. It's one thing to believe yes. them. So the big idea, what's the big idea? And this is not something you hear a lot of, but I love this. Um, I love this thought in that there exists an absolute standard. <laughs> There's an absolute standard for things in your marriage that are, there are definite things that are bad and definite things that are good for your marriage. There's healthy things, there's unhealthy things, there's Mm. wise things, there's foolish things. Mm -hmm. So we live in a world where morality is no longer seen as absolute. Mm. 
right? These ideas, they all seem like, oh, just do whatever feels right, man. Just whatever. Or whatever you think is right. I mean, come on. If yeah. we are really going to live this stuff out, we actually believe that God's word is true and mm-hmm. these Proverbs are true. The, the, these dividing lines between health and, and death, mm-hmm. between wisdom and folly. Okay, so we need to live in light of those. And that's the big idea, you guys, is that we have to realize that we are finite. There is an, a finite number of like absolute truths mm-hmm. that we can rely on that are for our good and for God's glory. Right. And that's kind of what establishes our boundaries. That's what keeps us, that's what motivates us. That's what helps us understand the reasoning like why we need these boundaries in our in our marriage why mm-hmm. we need to be honest with each other why we need to um have time for each other yeah yeah so uh we want to leave you so the, the tangible takeaways for this uh, as we talk about these these three areas that every couple needs boundaries and i'm just going to recap very quickly uh, the time boundary the reconciliation boundary and the transparency boundary. Now, as you go away and maybe you're listening to this by yourself and you go home and you talk to your husband or your wife about this, here's our challenge to use. Ask each other these questions. Can you think of any, uh, any unhealthy ba- or a- any unhealthy boundaries in your own marriage or any healthy maybe. boundaries that should be put into place Right. in addition to these three? Um, and what are some other boundaries you have or shouldn't have? In your marriage, and yeah, in addition to these three, so I just repeated the question. <laughs> They're written down, and I didn't, I didn't read them close enough. So, what are those boundaries that maybe are there? Okay, are resonating Look. in your own, and how do you tangibly implement these three? Right, I think that's good. So, are there area, identifying areas that may seem unbound, and how can you? Yeah. Why would you bound bind them, and how can you? Yeah. Create those boundaries tangibly. What are what would that look like for your marriage? Well, that was way better than my version. <laughs> it's okay. So maybe I'll just cut mine out. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> We're a team. We're a team. Uh, so anyway, we hope you guys have found this helpful. I, we did talk um, a little bit early. The early part of this was more just us catching up with you. But I wanted to make sure and uh, and thank you for listening. We've been so encouraged. Yes, we've been really encouraged, and I think we. I need to apologize. I feel a little. Um, at a loss for words this week. So I feel like we're kind of blip, 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 blip everywhere. And we're really trying hard to um, rein in our vocabulary and not talk over each other because I think we tend to do that because we just get really excited. Well, we're so familiar with each other and we are always tracking. Bef- bef- I know what you're going to say before you finish yes. it, or at least I think I do. And so we I talk over each do. other, but that's not oh. fun to uh, <laughs> uh, that's not fun to listen to. <laughs> Anyway, just know we're growing in this yes. area. We love doing this. We want to make it a, a helpful thing for you if you're going to listen to it. So thank you. If you do have a moment, a rating means a lot on iTunes or on Google Play or mm-hmm. wherever you listen to this. Just take 10 seconds, hit a star, whatever you think this this podcast is worth to that you. five star. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> just, uh, I'm just going to be transparent here. But hey, that really helps because it helps get the word out. Reviews are great too. If you have the extra time to, to write a little review, a sentence or two is more than enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, you can do so. Uh, we will continue pointing to couples to Christ and commissioning marriages for the gospel as long as God allows us to do it. One of the ways he allows us to do that is through partnerships with people like you who are passionate about seeing his plan for marriage made loud and clear on the mm-hmm. internet. You can go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash fierce marriage. And it starts at $2 and goes on up. Uh, I've been really encouraged by the number of men mm. who are partnering there. So great. Uh, and I say that not only because typically men are the ones that are more likely to stay unengaged. And a lot of our readers online and 
A lot of our listeners are ladies, which mm-hmm. is great. Uh, but I love that the men are taking the initiative and really locking arms. Maybe that's a guy thing. I don't know. However, I just, I'm really encouraged it's as great. a guy by that. Yeah. There's also a, num- a good number of ladies on there as well. It's great. But it feels like there's a, a, a large portion of men. Absolutely. So thank you guys and gals for supporting us. There's benefits for that. We gave away some books. We're going to give away some. Um, we have these exclusive rings that we can't sell for a number of reasons, but we're going to give those away on there as yeah. well. So anyway, patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Finally, we have one more. If you hear anything that prompts a question on these podcasts, please ask. Um, and you can do so via fierce marriage, fierce marriage.com slash podcast, or you can call or text in at 971-333-1120. Um, we are always excited to answer these questions. I think we try to do once a quarter or once every other month, kind of a Q and a, so we kind of try to knock out a bunch of those as well. So please send those in. If you have any questions, we are happy to take a stab at them. And frankly, sometimes the topics we talk about are yeah. informed by those questions. Absolutely. A lot of times you're hitting on a, something that a lot of other people are yes. asking as well. Yes. So please go there and ask yep. that we do read those. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. This has been an incredible uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been fun catching up with you, Selena. I'll see you in a week. <laughs> Back to the grind. We don't no. talk when the podcast is off. We don't talk, by the way. It's just boundaries, people. Hey, boundaries. I can only take so much of this. Okay. I'll, I'll pray. Are okay. You, you pray? I'll pray. I'll yeah. pray over you while you pray. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, God, thank you so much for your covenantal nature. Thank you that you um, created and designed the ideas of boundaries for our good and for your glory. Help us to just open our eyes, open our hearts and our minds to your ways and how we can apply the gospel and apply your good news and your love to our lives so that we will not be ineffectual, God, that we will live with intention, God, that you would grow our self-control and our steadfastness, Mm -hmm. and it would be fueled by your love, uh, by the message of your love and who you are. Father, thank you for the marriages and the people listening Um, There are so many struggles out there that we see, and you are good. They are not out of your reach. And I just pray for all of the marriages and all the prayer requests that we are getting every week, every day, God, that you would just show yourself faithful as you always do to meet us where we're at. Um, Shine your light, shine the gospel um, in each situation. Help us, God, to establish holy Mm -hmm. and right boundaries um, that help us to live intentionally and on purpose for you. In your name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. This was episode 53 of the Fierce Marriage Podcast. And this episode is... In the can. All right, let's go get some lunch. Okay. All right, guys. We will see you in seven days. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.